Hello and welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast. People tend to think about motivation as something that some people have and others don't. The truth is that we all have the same amount of motivation because motivation plays a role in every decision that we make and every action we take. This means that you already have all the motivation you need to accomplish your goals. The only thing standing in your way is a deeper awareness of how motivation actually works and what truly motivates you. I hope this podcast helps you discover and utilize the motivation you've always had inside you. Now, let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast. I'm here today with my friend Josh Roach. Josh is a financial planner in the Oklahoma City metro. He is also part of the reason why I started this podcast. Initially, when I was thinking about getting into podcasting, Josh and I were talking about doing it together. It was right around the time when he and his wife, Holly, were having their first child. So it was not the right time for Josh to do something like this, but motivation for regular people happened on my end. And now Josh has his own podcast as well. So Josh, before we talk about that and talk about the Roach Group and financial planning, I'm going to make you feel old. I was thinking today about how long it's been since we first met. Do you know how long? Gosh, it's got to be, let me do some quick math. 14 years. 13 years this year. Wow. That's wild. (laughs) been a long time. I think there's a picture of one of the first times that we hung out, probably something that shouldn't resurface. But it, uh, every time that I think about you, I, I I can't get that picture out of my brain. So maybe the people <laughs> I, that know us can reference what picture that might be. But that's the one that I always think about in the first maybe year of knowing you. <laughs> I know exactly what picture you're talking about, and I'm sure it will resurface from at least one person who's listening to this <laughs> podcast, but we don't have to spend too much more time on that. So tell us, I mentioned your new podcast. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, certainly, the idea was kind of born out of that masterminds group that you and I were a part of and something that I was really excited and passionate about. Just I didn't have the bandwidth to get started with it at that time. Super excited to bring it now, though, as really, you know, what our firm is focused on, why I started the Roche Group was to be partners with my clients for holistic financial planning, but also focused on education. You know, we want to make sure that clients that come into these doors not only leave with solutions, but leave with a really firm understanding of their financial plan, where they're not just trusting us because we're, we have experience and We can support why we might give certain recommendations, but truly leaving knowing that they understand the recommendations and why it's in their best interest to go a certain direction. So now this podcast just lets lets me take that to a whole other level and touch a much wider audience with education on financial topics. I feel like today, especially with TikTok and social media, I mean, there's so much information out there and a lot of it's really good information and a lot of it's really, really lousy information. So just trying to be another voice that is providing good, sound financial advice and things to think about. Mm -hmm. And I should have mentioned this when I started talking about the podcast, but it's called Gaining to Give, which I think is a really neat and really interesting name. What made you choose that name? Yeah, I think that as I spend a lot of time focused on people nearing retirement and maybe losing a sense of purpose as they retire from their careers, we know we need to replace that sense of purpose with something else. And gosh, what better way to gain purpose than to be generous with our time, talents, our treasures. And so gaining to give is the idea that as we 
get more, whether it be in resources like money, whether it be in time because we have uh, more freedom or more time available to us, or education, something that we become really, really smart and resource about that we're sharing that with others because it then gives you so much more joy, not just to use that knowledge for your own personal gain, but to help others too. So that's the idea. Why we called it Gaining to Give was to be able to you know, come across, we try to make it um, exist in every episode that the more we gain personally, the more that we can give and creates a lot of purpose and fulfillment and joy. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's such a counterintuitive approach to money, at least the what I'm aware of to think about. Yeah. I'm not just gaining for myself so that I can have the the nice house, the nice car so that I can do all of the things that I want to do with my money. But I am working to not just build the assets, but also make this plan that will eventually enable me to serve others with what I've accumulated. Absolutely. Yep. And in turn, I mean, that although may feel counterintuitive that you're giving away, whether it be your time, your treasure, it is uh, always comes back full circle. I think the person that is giving always is the one that gains the most. So, yeah. Wow. That's so good. I know you're only a few episodes in at this point. What's been one of your favorites so far? Well, the favorite is probably the one that we just recorded. We recorded one on the topic of generosity. It comes out Wednesday the 17th that morning, so you can tune in. So I'm really excited just because it just really talks about why we started the podcast, why we titled it Gaining to Give, what are the benefits of being generous. And it. I'm big on de debunking myths. You know, and a lot of people think, I, I even think sometimes I'll be generous when I have more, when I have more time, when I have more money. But gosh, it starts right now. We use the example of going to the gym. You know, you, you don't go first time to the gym over to the 50 pound weight rack and start lifting them up and using those for your exercise. I mean, Brady, you work out a lot, so you understand this. You know, if you're new to the gym, you start with the little weights. If you're new to being generous, you don't go and write a thousand dollar check to somebody. You might start with uh, 20 bucks a month. You're giving to somebody something or, or an organization that you feel passionate about. So it starts small and it can start today. So mm -hmm. we talk a lot about that in this upcoming episode next Wednesday, the 17th. So super excited for that to come out. And that's probably my favorite so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes me think about something that I saw from James Clear on LinkedIn this week. Obviously, James Clear being the author of Atomic Habits. And I wish that I had it queued up because I'm going to probably butcher what he actually said. But the idea was essentially, if you're just starting something, you shouldn't start with volume. You should start with consistency. I love that. Yeah, it's so true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is really interesting. So when I think about being generous and really the topic of how we approach money in general, I think that maybe we want to assume that we're logical and we're rational with it. But a lot of that really comes back to emotion, which there's a lot of overlap with emotion and motivation, which is what we talk about on this podcast. So I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on that from your experience with your own financial planning and helping other people plan financially, just some of those overlaps between emotion and motivation and where we like to think that we're rational, but maybe that's often not as true as we might assume. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, I think of two really specific things when I think about ways that we can kind of tie a lot of that together. And I'm curious, I'll share where I'm, where I'm going and then you can echo your thoughts and sentiment and your experience with motivation. I know you've done a ton of study and research and uh, partnering with individual clients and coaching. So you've got a wealth of knowledge here, but two things that come to mind are investing and budgeting. So on our first episode of the Gaining to Give podcast, we talked about budgeting. 
And one of the first things that we pointed out was that although budgeting, oftentimes when people think about it, starts with, okay, I'm going to take all my numbers, write it down. Here's my income. Here's my expenses. Track it at the end of the month. And here's my surplus or here's my deficit. And what are we going to do about it? But I talked about how really it should start with something before that and its goals. It's short-term goals, it's medium-term goals, it's long-term goals. That is what gives my budget purpose. Not just to say I have a $500 surplus at the end of the month, but to say I have a $500 surplus at the end of the month because I am going to want to replace this car. I am going to want to save for my son Leo's education. I am going to want to retire someday. And so being able to attach something that we do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis of deciding, do I spend here? Do I save there? Do I buy this new toy or do I say no? It's no longer about just so I can check that box and say we stayed inside our monthly budget this month. But now it's giving myself a sense of purpose, which in turn, I think, helps me stay more motivated, more consistent with my budget. So I think about that as being a really great way to tie back in. Because again, yes, money is emotional. We are emotional human beings and we apply a lot of emotion when it comes to money. The second thing that I think about is when it comes to investing. They've done many studies about the value of a financial planner. And the number one reason or the number one value add of hiring a financial planner in several of these studies has come out to be just simply that a third party, somebody experienced in this, can help you remove emotions from your investment decisions. When do I sell something? When do I buy something? Because typically our emotions are the worst indicator, the worst thing that we could be following when it comes to that. So I really think budget is probably the most applicable case here. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts if you resonate with that. But I think it ties in so well with money, emotion, and motivation. Oh, I completely agree. And I remember listening to that first episode of Gaining to Give where you talked about budgeting. And I think I actually texted you and told you how much I appreciated this perspective on the budget being a tool that serves a greater goal. We can't look at something like budgeting and assume that budgeting in itself is the end goal. It has to be serving a greater goal, something ideally in the long term. And that's where I see the connection to motivation. So something that I talk about often with motivation, and I've said it before on this podcast, but I'll say it again, because people need the reminder. And I think that knowing something and applying something are two very different things. So every decision that we make or every action that we take, like I say in the introduction, um, has both a cost and a reward. And so oftentimes what we will do is we will prioritize the activity with the short-term reward and the long-term cost and put off the activity that would have the short-term cost, but also enable us to move closer toward that long-term reward. So the perfect example for me, and again, because I listened to that first episode of your podcast, I know you'll be able to relate to this. I often struggle with spending too much money on eating out. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Oftentimes you eat out and the food that you get tastes good. It's obviously very convenient to get. I have a long day at work. I don't want to cook. So we order a pizza or we want to go out on the weekend because it's more fun than cooking at home. And I can do those things occasionally. But if I do those things too often, all of a sudden, my long term goals of saving for my kids education or buying a house, things like that are harder to attain because of what I'm doing in the short term. 
And so if I'm going to move toward those goals, I need to take on a little more of that short-term pain of cooking the meal at home, knowing Mm -hmm. that by doing that, I am clearing my path toward reaching my long-term goal. So Mm -hmm. that's one thought that I have as I hear you talk. The other one has more to do with your point on investing. I love what you said about having that third party helping you remove emotions. And on a broader scale, I'm thinking about when emotions are helpful for us and when they are harmful in terms of reaching our goals or trying to do what we know is going to produce a higher impact. I remember learning at one point, it's been several years, but this idea that feelings are data And it's neither good or bad data all the time. It's just data, but we have to choose what we do with it. And I think this is the more important point to make. Our feelings are not infallible. They're trying to tell us something, but we ultimately get to choose how we respond to those feelings. Yeah. Kind of like the fight or flight reaction that we have. I mean, it's innate and built into us and that's a good thing. You know, if a lion's running after you and you don't have that ability, you've got a problem. You know, and so I think that our emotions are there for good reason. It's just being able to take a step back or get a second opinion to evaluate and say, is this the emotion? Is this a proper emotion that should belong and is going to help me make a good decision in this case? So mm-hmm. I'm curious to think, to, to hear your perspective on what you share with yourself and with clients that you've coached and others when they're struggling to uh, prioritize a longer term goal. Or, and I think about how this applies to motivation, but using your example of spending too much on uh, going out to eat, and I do the same exact thing, so we're in the same boat here. But let's say I do have a consistent pattern of prioritizing short-term rewards and maybe not realizing the long-term consequences that come along with it. How do you shift that mindset and you know grab and, and use that motivation towards a longer-term purpose that doesn't carry as much reward in the short term? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of that starts with awareness. Obviously, awareness is not the full on solution to the problem, but it's a very necessary step in the process. I love what Brene Brown says in the context of our, again, going back to emotions now. She says, if you can name the emotion, you have power over it. If you can't name the emotion, it has power over you. And so Mm -hmm. I think forcing people to recognize every decision that you make has both a cost and a reward is so powerful because it helps you make that informed decision. You have to name what you are gaining and what you are giving up by making the decision that you are. And then one thing that I found helpful in my life, and I've seen it be helpful in other people's lives, is using a commitment device. I think that some people look at that as sort of a crutch. They have this false narrative that if they can't do something on their own, then they're not tough enough or they're not capable enough. The, The reality is there is so much. So I'll just tell you how it is for me. If I make a plan to do something. So for example, I'm training for a marathon right now. Um, come back in a couple months and I'll tell you if that was a good decision or a bad decision, but (laughs) alone is impressive that you're starting on that. I mean, just to begin that journey is a huge feat. So way to go. Thanks, man. I'm excited. Um, So I'm training for this marathon right now. And if I have in my brain that I need to do a 12 mile run this weekend, it is so easy for me to back out of that because it's almost like it's written in pencil. It's so easy to erase those plans, change those plans. And if I do that, I'm not letting anybody down but myself. And that matters, but it 
things change so much for me when I know that someone else is at least aware of my goals. That's why I love our mastermind group so much that you were a part of for a while. I get these goals out to where somebody else is at least aware of them. And then if I don't do the thing that I say that I'm going to do, then somebody else knows. And maybe they give me a hard time about it. Maybe they don't. But just the fact that someone knows, again, for me, I said I'm going to do something and I didn't do it. That pushes me toward doing the hard thing. And I think that's a big piece of the... I'll be curious to hear what you think about this. I think that's a big piece of the value that we both add in the professions that we do. So you with financial planning and then me with leadership and life coaching is we are sitting across from somebody. They are telling us about their goals, about what they plan to do, and they have to come back and to some degree answer for the the action or the responsibility that they took on and whether or not they followed through. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the idea that you had shared a little bit earlier there about talking about just being able to stop and think about, okay, yes, I know the benefits of buying this Rudy's barbecue or whatever it might be in the moment. You know, it's going to taste good. It's going to be convenient. But what am I giving up? You know, mm -hmm. being able to think about every purchase or every decision of, yes, this is going to satisfy one area or provide a reward in one area. But what am I giving up as a result of that? You know, if we could have that mindset every time we made a decision, whether it be our money, whether it be our time committed to exercise or personal development, I think we'd all be a lot better people. Now it's just stopping and actually having us ask that and answer that question. And yeah, I think the you know accountability and having somebody that is aware of those goals is so huge. I think about a conversation that I just had recently with a client and we were talking about budgeting and I was just reassuring, you know, this budget is not for me to criticize or judge where we're spending or whether we're overspending or whether we're not. But my job is to help just identify is this budget, is this spending helping us accomplish what you've told me is most important to you? Or are we getting distracted with those short-term exciting rewards and forgetting about these long-term goals that we've identified as are the most important in our lives? And yeah, you and I are both partners to those folks that uh, know I want to achieve this, I want to achieve this, but I also know I'm an emotional human being that oftentimes uh, maybe unintentionally prioritizes that short-term gain over the long-term. So, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a book by a guy named Mark Manson. I won't say the name of the book because my nieces and nephews listen to this podcast and there's some profanity in the name of this particular book. Um, but, but in the book, he talks about people pursuing goals, whether it's having a six-pack, whether it's having a profitable business, all of these things that we look at as outcomes that we desire. And he says, we need to focus less on those outcomes and more on the path that it's going to take to get there. Everybody wants to have a six pack, but how many people want to spend hours and hours in the gym, counting their calories, not getting to have the sweets and have all the fatty foods. He says, in reality, it's not about the outcome that you desire. It's about the pain that you're willing to sustain. Mm -hmm. And when you think even deeper about that, and this is such a Debbie Downer way to draw this episode to a close, but it's it's the reality <laughs> of life. Like pain is inevitable. You're either going to have the long-term pain of not achieving the outcome that you desire, not getting to the place where you want to be, or you're going to have the short-term pain, which I would argue is pain with a purpose, 
that is serving a greater long-term goal. And I actually, I said we were drawing to a close, but I kind of teed up one more thing that I wanted to ask you about. So you've done a couple of different things within your career. You were with Edward Jones for several years, and now you are off on your own starting a business. So tell us in a couple of minutes what that's been like, what's been challenging and what you've learned. Yeah, it's been really exciting. You know, I've since transitioned my business from Edward Jones to starting my own uh, business, The Roast Group, still doing a very similar capacity, maybe a little bit expanded. And there's been some really exciting things about that to think about what the future holds ahead, launching this podcast and some things that maybe I wouldn't have been able to do still being with Edward Jones. And there's been some difficulties, some challenges, some things that are just unexpected. As you know, life throws us many curveballs and there's just a more a whole lot more responsibility. But the exciting thing is that, you know, we just continue to get the show up every single day and do something that I get really, really excited about and have been rejuvenated by starting this business on our own. And then coming alongside, you know, Paige Adams is my assistant that's just joined this week. And she's also excited about serving clients on a whole deeper, deeper level. And I, I just think that we'll be able to deliver a, a better product, a better service that is important to our clients through the Roche Group. But it's also been fun to think about the different challenges that we've already faced and coming up with creative solutions to get it uh, overcome them. And I think about the majority of those have been solved through a good friend, a good mentor, somebody that's walked through it before. That's why I love these conversations. That's what I love about your friendship, Brady, is that it, you know, it's just um, another professional contact that has my best interest at heart and also is experienced in ways that I'm not. And, you know, kind of tying that back into our professions, you know, whether it's wanting to improve in the gym, whether it's wanting to improve personally, whether it's wanting to improve in your leadership skills, or your finances, just because you use a coach or a financial planner or a personal trainer, it does not remove the work that is going to be required to move from where you are today to where you want to be. But now you've got somebody in your corner that's cheering for you, that's motivating you, that's giving you good tools and resources to maybe make it slightly easier or at least keep you encouraged and motivated along the way. And so I think it's neat that the path is still the same. We're very close to the same. There's still going to be pain, but with professionals like you and I and so many others, it becomes easier. At least you can have a greater likelihood of success because you have a partner who's walking alongside of you that really cares about it and about you. Yeah. And that's so good. I appreciate the encouragement. I would say the same thing about what you've offered me through the years. And I I don't have much more to add because you said it so well, but I'll throw out one more quote from a good friend, Matt Tibbetts, who was in our mastermind group. I don't think you guys overlapped. Um, but yeah, Matt often, after him, I think. Yeah. Matt often says, if you want to run fast, run alone. If you want to run far, run with someone else. And mm. I think that all of us who get anywhere in life would not have gotten there if we weren't running with a large group of friends, mentors, supporters. And okay, I will say one more thing and then I promise we'll wrap up. Um, <laughs> but I think that goes back to something we were talking about earlier with getting past this idea that only weak people ask for help. I, mm -hmm. I think we've really got to challenge that because the reality is none of us get anywhere significant without having help from a large group of other people. I mean, we could sit on this podcast for hours and I'm sure name people who have helped us get to where we are. 
And I think that that's a major sign of strength when you can say, I can't do this on my own. I need to lean on somebody who's been there before, somebody who has a skill set that I don't, and knowing that that's really the only path to success. So, man, so many good ideas that we've been able to share in a short time here. I really appreciate your time, Josh. If there's somebody who wants to learn more about you, about the Roach Group, about how you help people, where can they do that? Yeah, I think the best place is on our website, just www.rochewealth.com. That is R-O-C-H-E wealth.com. You can go on there, check out the different services that we provide, the way that we partner with our clients, schedule a meeting, send us an email, check out our podcast. It's there on the resources. So I really appreciate the time, Brady, and thanks for having me on. I've always enjoyed this. I've always enjoyed talking with you, and it's fun to join you on a podcast. Also fun to think about as we were brainstorming and planning and and talking about that mastermind to begin these podcasts. And now we each have one that we've started in mine new years. I looked and you've recorded what 50 plus episodes now. Is that right? This will be either the 61st or the 62nd. I can't remember, but I just think about the amount of incredible content and education that exists, you know, that you've created the masterminds that you've been able to interview and I just think about this kind of like photos on my phone when I'm sitting with a client, we're talking about Leo or Holly or my family, and I get to pull out a picture that has some really, really keen memories for me. I think about the same thing, like with a podcast for years, you'll be able to reflect and many others will be able to reflect of, remember that one time, remember that one episode when? So kudos to you. I think it's really neat to think about when that was just getting started and now already how much you've put out. So way to go. Man, that means a lot. I appreciate it. And you'll be there before too long yourself. And I can't wait to follow (laughs) along with that. Yep. Great. Josh, this was awesome. Thanks again for your time. Thanks, Brady. Have a great day. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recently, I was feeling overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities I was juggling in my work and personal life. I signed up for BetterHelp and scheduled my first online therapy session. To be honest, I was a little nervous about meeting with a therapist online, but I was matched with a great therapist who offered me a fantastic experience. She helped me tremendously in our first session, and I noticed an instant difference in my mental health. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If you're matched with a therapist who isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, you also get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price, especially when you get 10% off your first month by signing up at betterhelp.com MFRP. That's betterhelp.com MFRP. Check it out and sign up today.